Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Monday. It's the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We're going to apologize in advance because Rico and I are are currently watching the World Cup. USA uh, was kicked off at 1 p.m. against Wales, and they've just had, they just missed out on two potential scoring chances. They're nine minutes into the game, um, and it's 0-0, nil-nil, if you will. Now, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but when it comes to the World Cup and when it comes to USA in the World Cup, I'm paying attention. You're a big fan? There's So here's the deal. So USA plays, obviously, Wales right now, and they'll play England on Friday, mm-hmm. and then they have their, their third match in their group is Iran, and or Iran, I suppose. Iran. Uh, Iran. You're right. Okay. You're fine. That's the third match, and... So that's your group of four, Iran, England, Wales, USA. And basically, if USA wins at least two games, two matches, then they will advance to the round of 16. They'll get out of the group stage, which is big. Now, here's another, the last time they made it here's, out of the Here's a little stage. bit of a, of a little nugget for you, Rico. That shout out to the, uh, the broadcast because I learned it from watching it. There are 13 players on USA's roster that are under the age of 24. Sure. Ah, we USA just got yellow carded. So we so we get we ask ourselves and, and Nathan and I were watching it earlier and we were like, "Man, we're 21, Nate's 23. What are we doing with our lives?" <laughs> and I said I'm 28, I said, I'm watching him. I said that's how I feel. That's how 29. I felt. That's how I felt. That's right. We'll have to talk about that. That's how I felt watching Wander Franco mm. get into the um get to the show. Get to the MLB, like the actual the, the, the MLB level, because I was like, dang, this guy's 19 years old. He just got called up to the majors, and I'm 20 years old, and here I am. Talking about him getting called up to yeah, the majors. Yeah, talking about him getting called up to the majors <laughs> as a 19-year-old. 
Yeah, that but, makes sense. You know, when you look at also like bank accounts, then you're like, dang, this guy is good. <laughs> dang, this guy's bank account. He is. said at 19. <laughs> or, I mean, like Juan Soto's in that category, too. Wild. So, all right, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those open for you guys. So, in advance, we apologize for any um, outward emotions that we have at the spur of the moment. And, and we'll, we'll probably have a, a, a goal chant. We need to get a goal chant in just in case. No, I got you. All right. So Rico's got us. Um, but, yeah. I mean, how are we feeling after this Wisconsin game, Rico? Because it, it was one of a, one of those games that going into the fourth quarter, Nebraska's up 14-3. to three, And you're just, just sitting there. That. Yeah, how, I did, know. how did you You're lose? sitting there, and it's like, man, Nebraska really, unfor- I mean, unfortunately... Just kidding. They were not up fourteen to three, um, going into the fourth quarter. They were it, fourteen they, ten. Yeah, fourteen to ten. And it was like fourteen nine actually. Oh yeah, that, yeah. and it was 10. like it was one of those things where it was like, man, if if Wisconsin gets this ball back with three or four minutes on the clock, we know exactly how this game is going to end. Nebraska got the ball with five minutes, a couple seconds on there, but but five minutes, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sitting there thinking, all you got to do is take three minutes off the clock. You got to hold the ball for three minutes, and you can walk away with victory because they're not going to get an explosive play. Mm-hmm. Was I wrong? I was. Um, they're not going to get an explosive play. It's going to take them a while to get down the field, and you know a field goal is not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to score a touchdown. And the way the defense has been playing, I was like, "You, you got this. You got this. Take three minutes off the clock. You're good to go. Leave them with two minutes, maybe a minute and some change. You've got this, and you're going to walk away with a win." What do they do? They go three and out. Yeah, it was it was so frustrating. I mean, then then, then looking farther down the the game and, and towards the later stages, you had the, Nebraska in the final drive of the game. This is the one that really frustrated me at the end of the game because and and from a, a play calling standpoint, decision making standpoint, execution standpoint, um, it, it really frustrated me that when Nebraska took over, it was their final drive. Ended up being the final drive of the game. Um, on first and ten, with 35 seconds left in the game, you decide to throw a, a short drag route across the middle middle yep. of the field for five yards, and then it took you another 12 seconds to try and get set because you you went to toss the ball back to the ref and a, yeah, which Wisconsin they put, player, they put a couple t- yeah. a couple, couple extra seconds, seconds on there. Back. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, they put it back to 20 seconds. I think it was like at 15 or something or 16, yeah. and they put it back to 20. You went to toss but, back to the ref. A Wisconsin player got in the way. It rolled away, and then you ended up calling the timeout. Yeah, but, then you ended up calling the timeout, and it was one uh, of those frustrating things where it was like, do we not have uh, now? This is like multiple games here this season. That at the end of the game, when Nebraska tries to operate a some sort of a, of a two minute drill or abbreviated two minute drill, they just look incoherent. They, they don't, don't know. Look, what they don't know. They don't look like they have a plan. They're not exactly sure what plays they're going to call or or if they're going to try and go to the sideline or go to the middle of the field and try to go quickly or use a timeout or, mm-hmm. or what they're going to do. And like you said, it's just a they're just discombobulated and and it doesn't seem as if the the message is getting relayed from the coaching staff to the players. To, or to the quarterback, to the rest of the players, to anybody on the field as to what is going to go on, even before you get on the field for that final drive. Yeah. It seems as if nobody knows exactly what's going on. And also, I don't want to dump on a single player, and I understand he's a crazy athlete, or he's a really good athlete, and he wants to make a play, but but Tommy Hill, 
you got to just fair cash that and go to the twenty five. Yeah, I understand smart, you're trying to make. Yeah. I understand you're yeah. trying to make something happen, and there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Shout out to the New England Patriots against the against there the New, New York That's Jets. Right. That's right. There's always yeah. a chance you could break one, but I don't know, man. That well, they're with precious time. Like you don't you don't have a lot of time going on, and it's not like you're going to go to overtime. It's if this doesn't happen, you lose. Yeah. I mean, take the yards. Well, and, and save the clock more. Yeah. More because you could even t- you could even make an argument is if Tommy Hill gets or any kick returner punt returner whatever whoever was under it gets gets out to the thirty or the thirty three yard line instead of the twenty five how valuable are those eight yards in terms of or when compared to how valuable are those seven seconds that run off the clock mm-hmm. I, I think when Nebraska only had two timeouts you talk about how much more valuable the time is um, rather than rather than those seven eight nine yards even. And in a game and, and throughout the season where you think about the, the, the storylines with specific players, and it's like Tommy Hill's one of those where they move him from defensive back to wide receiver after he was... He was your starting corner. He, he was your, yeah, he was your starting corner. And you move him to wide receiver, might have gotten lost in that transition or just developing into that into that full-time capability of have, being a wide receiver, was out there for a, a small number of plays. And then you put him at kick returner because he's been called one of the more electrifying mm-hmm. players on this team. And it looks like anybody Nebraska puts back there to punt return, kick return, it looks like they, they're they moving with cement around their feet because yeah. it, it just feels like they're just stuck wherever they go. And, and you also put don't all, know the punt return you, calls. Well, well, you put Oliver Martin every single time. Every single time Oliver Martin's back there, you know it's going to be a fair catch. Mm-hmm. And which that's fine. Like put a guy that's st- stable and act- you, you, you have can the catch most the punt that you can catch the punt. And I get that, but, but there, when there's nobody within ten yards of you, why are you fair catching it? When you're yeah. clo- when the closest defender is, is eleven yards away, mm-hmm. do so, you get three yards? Okay, that helps. That's three yards closer than you were before. Yeah. Like I don't understand, and that could be something that's called from the coaches. Like you're back there, you fair catch every time. You don't run. You, you don't run with the ball. If you're back there, you fair catch it. We're not going to take any chances. Whatever. I don't know if that's a coaching call or if that's a player call, when, whether to fair catch it or not. Um, but I, I just think it's ridiculous when you have you have a bunch of crazy athletes on the field. You have an opportunity to get them into space on a punt return, on a kick return, Here. and you don't let them do. Anything, especially on punt return. Whereas on kick return, you'll you've noticed multiple times. You know, you're three, four yards deep in the end zone when you catch the kick. Tommy Hill wants to bring it out every time. He doesn't care. Tommy no. Hill's ready to bring it out every single time. And the guy in front of him, the up the up back or whatever, is always telling him, "I hate you know, chill out. We're not doing yeah. this." Seems upset just about every time. Well, I will also say I remember when Bill Bush was in here on on, on a show. And he was talking about the awareness that you needed to have to be a punt returner. And if you think about it, I mean, Oliver Martin's case specifically, or whoever Nebraska would put back there to specifically are, you know, solely fair catch the punts. Um, you, you have to have that awareness to where know where you're at, know where you're at on the field while you're tracking a punt. Because in Nebraska's case, when you when your offense is so fragile and it's it's You've struggled the last three weeks. You you are the statistical worst defense in the country, in all of FBS. Or excuse me, worst offense mm-hmm. in in all of FBS over the last three weeks. You're averaging like 195 yards per game. Yeah, it's not great. 
Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. When you are statistically the worst offense and you are fragile from just when you get sent behind schedule, you completely fall apart. Um, your, your wide receivers are dropping quite a few passes. Running game can't really get going because you can't get any sort of push up up front. You running had, getting met you've in the had, back. You've field. had a back backup quarterback the last two weeks. Um, I mean, Nebraska's leading rusher was Casey Thompson on scrambles on Saturday. But were you wait, taken aback by the way he was running? Like no sliding, no, no fear of. I thought. I thought. That, I think that's just Casey Thompson being a, a football player. And I get that because you know you heard Mickey Joseph talk about that with Alante Brown, where you know you have guys who are doing anything it takes to win the game, and he appreciates that. But at the same time, and I mentioned this on the water cooler. Casey Thompson and all of us saw what this offense looked like when yeah. he's not in the game. You're coming off of a, of a pinched nerve in your throwing arm. And you just don't care. I, I mean, I'd slide. I would rather he yeah. slide. But oh, him, but him, you know, pushing forward, trying to truck people. I mean, I, I like that. I get that. I want that toughness in your quarterback. But when your quarterback's been injured as much yeah. as he has this season, not in, hurt as much as he has just this season. Up. Yeah. And you're coming off of an injury that kept you out for multiple games. I mean, I, I think maybe it's take the safe route. I would look at it as a way, kind of also that maybe they feel like we're going back to that awareness as a punt returner. Um, in Oliver Martin speci- specifically, his case where you're back there to fair catch it. What I mean that tells you a little bit about Oliver Martin as as an from an IQ standpoint. Now maybe not as a wide receiver, but maybe as a punt returner that he gives them the most confidence back there to not only haul in the catch but if he's sta- if he if he's parked at his thir- at their own 13 yard line to understand in the moment when adrenaline's running or rushing through your through your veins that hey if I take 3 or 4 steps back I need to let this one bounce because that means I'm at the 7 yard line mm-hmm. and we don't want to fair catch at the 7 we'll no, take our risk see at if it. it bounces into the end zone because Bill Bush has talked about how that 7 yard line is kind of their 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 magical line to mm-hmm. where they catch it or not. And and with Nebraska, like I said, it all kind of ties in. Their offense being so fragile that if you get the ball on your own four, have a have a loss of three yards, well, just like that, you're backed up. And, hey, guess what, Casey? You only have ten yards to work with behind you, if that. Behind in, this in, offensive in, in, line. In the end zone. Yeah. Behind this offensive line. So it just, it just kind of interesting how all the inner workings of the game that – We've seen so far this season and kind of what decisions by coaching staffs tell you about players and how they feel about those specific players. Doesn't and having we'll Oliver Martin back forward. to return punts kind of show you that he's one of their more sure-handed guys? And then the lack of seeing him at wide receiver maybe is a question? 
Like I'm not well, questioning the coaching well, I, staff, I but know. but That's, wouldn't you think that a guy catching punts is pretty sure-handed? Why wouldn't you want him in the game at receiver? That's an interesting, especially. And I'm not trying to bench anybody or get or or take shots at anybody, but especially with the amount of drops we've seen from the receiving core the last couple of games, maybe get the guy back there. Well, maybe, maybe get the guy in there who you you trust to catch punts. I would trust him to catch a football also. Well, I would say. I mean, looking back at Oliver Martin's career now, there is that. I would say has has have we seen instances where maybe effort wasn't always 100%. There is that. And, I mean, I can think of Oliver uh, against Illinois in 2021. Adrian threw a pass across the middle, and Oliver Martin straight up stopped running, and it ended up getting picked off. And Nebraska, I mean, not because of that play specifically, but ended up losing that game for, for a multitude of reasons. You had earlier this year um, drop passes after drop. I mean, like, here's the deal, though. I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, Rico, you're right. There's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of of mistakes offensively and just bad communication and execution where Mm -hmm. once again, that doesn't go on Mark Whipple specifically, but maybe that just is an indication of where Nebraska is at in terms of development. If you needed another indication Mm -hmm. where they're at development wise, yeah, exactly. Production talent level. Um, and just kind of the want to be out there. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward. They got a game tonight. I was surprised to see the line at Iowa 10.5 and, and the over-under at 42 because that's showing hmm. – so if, if we do math here, that's showing basically 40.5 would be 20 each, like a, a, a 25 to 14 game. That's where hmm. you're at. Or against, a twenty a twenty seven to fourteen yeah, game against a team that before the last couple of weeks and still even within yeah. the last couple of weeks I mean they've been better than you but not the greatest offense that that tells you that Nebraska I mean you don't expect or excuse me that Vegas doesn't expect Nebraska to score the ball which once again you're you're one of the worst offenses over the last three weeks mm-hmm. you're not you're not great overall throughout the entirety of the season I think Nebraska's ranked one hundred and twenty second I think and in all of FBS right now in in total offense. And they were in the top you were. 100 you were. Uh, before these last stretch of games. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, you had a, a solid offense. I wouldn't say good. I wouldn't say great. You had a solid offense. Well, and, and so it, here's an interesting question. Kent says this on the text line, 402-464-5685. We'll be joined by, by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here in a couple moments to kind of break down his thoughts. Um, Kent says this, how can an offensive coordinator think it's okay to continually have such lopsided time of possession? Does he not care? Um, I Okay, I this think might I, rub people the wrong way. I don't care about time of possession if you're scoring. Okay. Like, if, well, you're, yeah, if your agree. offense is putting up points, then it doesn't. It doesn't matter if but you're holding on to the ball the for, for five minutes or holding on to the ball for 15 minutes. But that's been the issue. Nobody, like, time of possession in the Purdue game, I remember doing that. The, the, but the, the defense, and so, you can't even say that they were gassed because they were giving up plays early in the game. So it's not even that they were gassed in that. They were giving up big plays and touchdowns to Purdue early in the game oh, before Purdue. they were. Okay. Yeah, before they were even, yeah, but before they were even gassed mm-hmm. and they were out on the field for a very long time. The defense well, just didn't have it that day. They didn't have an answer for Purdue. So the time of possession in that game, like, it, you were scoring points. It doesn't matter. If you've got exactly. a play, if you've got a play and you're going to score a touchdown, you go for it. I don't well, care I, if you're going to hold on to the ball or I, not. I think what Kent's trying to get at. And, and maybe I'm wrong, so Kent, feel free to follow up here. But I think what's interesting, so you look at the differences in Nebraska's offense since that Purdue game to like Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at that time of possession from Purdue, I remember 
uh, doing the post game show, and then I did a podcast with Schaefer the next day, and it was like, listen, we we look at the the time of possession. It was forty two minutes of time of possession for Purdue and seventeen for Nebraska, but obviously the score was much closer, and you were putting up forty two points. So you're like, all right, listen, I, I mean, I'm fine with that, whatever. However. Now you look at Nebraska's offense and the lopsided time of possession when consistently over the last couple weeks you have not been able to score points mm-hmm. and your offense has not executed as well. I think Kent was trying to is trying to get at like maybe you think about running a little bit different of a style where you can still but run even, your offense, but you're not scoring points. Well, but so even three then, and outs you don't give it, don't help you at all. But that's the thing is you're going three and out. You can't hold on to the ball if you're going three and out. It doesn't so matter. That's, I, that's what Kent's trying to get at, I think, is that you need to try to figure out a way to establish some sort of, of easier pass concepts, easier route running, easier hand like what make it as easy as possible. But I think what we've seen over but the I mean, last that's six or seven weeks. Possession. That's just changing up your offense. Is incorporated into it. If you're able to sustain drives, find a way offensively to stay on the field, then your time of possession is going to change because you're going to also end up scoring points. So it's like one, one of those things, but I think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been just stubbornness. Like it, It's still the stubbornness, but now I think over these last two weeks specifically, we've kind of seen maybe a little more of its execution rather than play call as well. So just a couple, a lot of problems maybe. Maybe your offense, maybe your offense just out. sucks. It's not about time of possession. It's just your offense sucks. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing is nobody's talking about time of possession if Nebraska's nine and one or or seven and three. If you're holding onto the ball you for know. 17 minutes, but you're averaging you know 45 points, 30 something yeah. points a game, and you're winning, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody so, cares. Who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we uh, come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Get a couple thoughts on Husker football. Also talk a little Husker hoops because Nebraska was actually down at halftime yesterday. And then to Arkansas Pine Bluff, men's hoops were. Mm -hmm. They ended up coming back, or excuse me, they allowed an 8-0 run to Pine Pine Bluff uh, out out of the halftime break. But Nebraska ended up coming back and winning handily. So we'll kind of talk about how different this year's team is from from previous Fred Hoiberg teams. Um, and, but we'll, it'll be mostly football as we are narrow or, or quickly approaching the final game against Iowa. We'll talk to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska coming up next on Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. <laughs> 